You're listening to Privacy Files, the podcast that makes privacy approachable for businesses and consumers alike. This episode is brought to you by Anonymy Labs, makers of MySudo, the world's only all-in-one privacy app, and Sudo Platform, the cloud-based platform companies turn to for seamlessly integrating privacy solutions into their software. Welcome to episode number 12 of Privacy Files. I'm Rich. And I'm Sarah. In our last episode, Sarah and I reviewed the new PBS documentary, Global Spyware Scandal, Exposing Pegasus, a shocking look at how governments have been using advanced technology to surveil politicians, heads of state, royal family members, journalists, activists, and human rights defenders. It was certainly a heavy topic. Today, we are dedicating a full episode to MySudo, the world's only all-in-one privacy app. We'll be explaining the concept of compartmentalization, one of the core differentiators of MySudo, and why it's key to helping you stay private. From a general overview and key attributes to current and upcoming app features to most frequently asked questions and concerns, if you've been looking for the ultimate crash course in MySudoology, this episode is for you. And to help provide us with expert insight into the app, joining us all the way from the Gold Coast in Australia is Bundy, Head of User Support at Anonymy Labs. Bundy, thank you for joining us. Thanks, Rich. Glad to be here. I'm looking forward to it. Now, before we jump in, there was a pretty timely article. The FTC just fined a company called GoodRx for sharing users' health data with Facebook and Google and Sarah, we just had an episode uh, a few back talking about this very topic related to Amazon and their RX Pass. Yep, very fitting. So, GoodRx is an online price comparison site for prescription medications. They agreed to pay $1.5 million in civil penalties for years of sharing health information uh, of consumers with third parties like Facebook, Google. Uh, as we talked about in the past, uh, there's this issue with the meta tracking pixel. Uh, that has been found even in hospital websites, even past the the login portal, if you will, uh, sharing very intimate details of people's medical history. So this is the first enforcement action taken under the FTC's health breach notification rule, which is a decade-old guideline that had not been previously used until today. Uh, this rule is particularly important, as I mentioned, in light of the fact that Amazon just launched their own version of online prescription medication a subscription service that lets people fill in uh, their prescription orders with generic drugs for one small flat fee a month. With I think it was like $5. And it covers, I think, some of the top 50 drugs that most people are using today. Yeah. So it sounds like not only was GoodRx sharing the names of medications and associated health conditions that users were searching on GoodRx, but they compiled lists of its users who bought certain medications and uploaded their email addresses, phone numbers, and device advertising IDs to Facebook so that GoodRx could identify who they were and target them with health-related advertisements. So in this article, GoodRx actually responded and they said, at GoodRx, protecting our users' privacy is one of our most important priorities. We are thoughtful and disciplined about what information we gather and how and why we use it. The settlement with the FTC focuses on an old issue that was proactively addressed almost three years ago before the FTC inquiry began. We do not agree with the FTC's allegations and we admit no wrongdoing. But yeah, we kind of looked it up and it sounds like they did have that Metapixel implemented. They got rid of it three years ago. So this issue was 
was three years ago. So it's like, yeah, you are in trouble for exactly what we were just talking about a couple episodes ago. Yeah. And it just underscores the, the problem in general with the privacy space is you just don't know what's going on. And that education gap exists. And so that's why it's so important to have a forum like this to help people really understand just the level of, of exposure that people might have to data abuse. So the FTC has warned that the rule also applies to app developers and fitness device makers and that it would take action against companies that fail to tell consumers that their health data would be shared for advertising or user analytics. And under the order, GoodRx will be banned from disclosing users' health information with third parties for advertising purposes. And it will also be required to limit how long it can retain personal and health information. Uh, and it needs to detail to users exactly what it collects and why. It also needs to implement a privacy program to protect consumers' data in the future. Now, the FTC is serving notice that it will use all of its legal authority to protect American consumer sensitive data from misuse and illegal exploitation. So, Sarah, I think it's time to open a case file on my pseudo. Now, Bundy, you're one of the original employees at Anonymy Labs going back all the way to the founding of the company in 2014, right? Yeah, that's that's uh, that's correct. It's been uh, one long, a long and uh, insightful journey, shall we say. It mu- must be. So you've had a very unique opportunity then to see that evolution of my pseudo. Yeah, from the very early days, you know, right through till now, it, you know, there's been some ups and downs along the way, but it's been, you know, very, very exciting as uh, as the team's built, grown larger over the years, and you know, the capability and functionality of my pseudo has grown with that. Yeah, it's been a, a, an exciting journey for sure. And and building an app like my pseudo of of this caliber and sophistication, it obviously takes enormous amounts of engineering and development time. So before we dive into the anatomy of the app itself, Bundy, there are there are so many diehard power users of the app who leverage it to protect their privacy. What do you think that you've seen over the years that really makes my pseudo so popular in this in this market and why it has such a loyal following? I think um, you know. From the get-go, we really set out to give users back control of their privacy, of their private information. We wanted to give users control to be in control of their private uh, information. And so I think the fact that, you know, with my pseudo, the user's not the product. You are not the product. We are not after your data. We don't ask you for any of your data. We don't know anything about you. So I think that's a really powerful thing um, for users. So the fact that we don't know anything about you, we're not collecting any of your, your data, you know, really makes them feel comfortable in using our product. And the, the also the fact that any data that we do happen to, to, to that, that we have to store on our backend servers, it's all encrypted with the user's security key that only the user has access to. So even if we wanted to decrypt a user's data, we have no way of doing that. So again, you know, it puts the user in control of their data. And then, of course, there's the sort of vast depth of functionality that my pseudo provides the user. You know, the fact that you can create multiple pseudos, each with a working phone number and, a, and an email address, for instance, that you can then use online instead of providing your own personal cell phone number, your own personal email address. So it gives you that layer of protection. You know, even speaking, talking about the article that you were just mentioning there, you know, like think about having a a health pseudo that you could use for researching all sorts of health conditions that you might be suffering 
join up research papers, blogs, websites that are related to some condition that you might have. But instead of using your personal information, you're using your pseudo. So nobody can tie that information back, that back that you have some condition back to yourself. So, and that data can't then be sold on to insurers or advertisers or anything like that. So it just really gives you that barrier between the online world and your personal information. And it really is about that compartmentalization. And that is pretty much the core to the app. That's correct. The, the compartmentalization is just such a powerful thing that you, you know, you have many different aspects of your life. You've got your, your friends and family, you've got your business, you've got social activities that you're involved in. You might be selling stuff online, you might be buying stuff online, you might be traveling, you might want to buy a car, you might want to buy a house. You can compartmental all those things online for yourself and protect your personal information, basically. So rather than handing out your cell phone number, your own personal cell phone number and your own email address that could then get compromised on some third party website, data sold out the back door, site is hacked, your identity then gets stolen. You're then in a, in a world of trouble. Identity theft is a huge problem worldwide, but specifically in the US. And it can take years and years and years of getting control back of your identity. So my pseudo provides a really good protection against identity theft, for instance, is just one of the side benefits of my pseudo. Sarah, we've talked several times uh, over the past few episodes about the concept of digital exhaust. I know with um, the, the review of the Social Dilemma documentary, having all this excess data that's being used to create predictions on people. So with my pseudo, it really gives you that control of being able to break that link between you know, the outside world and your personal information. So compartmentalization uh, sometimes is, is tough for people to envision when they don't see something, you know, in front of them. So I think this is a good opportunity as we go through this episode to, to really underscore what they're doing, why it's necessary, as Bundy was mentioning, to break up your activities and have a separate phone number and email for the most popular things that you do. Uh, and that gives you that opportunity then to kind of fight back against the data aggregators who are building these highly complex predictive models. So I think you had a blog article you wanted to uh, to cover. Yeah, there's actually a lot of great articles on mysudo.com forward slash blog that speak to the importance and power of compartmentalization. And so I'm just going to touch on one of those articles. It was called Why Compartmentalization is the Most Powerful Data Privacy Strategy. So we've all heard the saying, don't put all your eggs in one basket. And this concept also applies to data privacy. The eggs in a basket advice is basically about spreading risk and diversifying assets, right? So if all your valuables are in one place and that place is compromised, you'll lose all of your valuables. This analogy basically just says eggs are fragile and baskets break. So you're facing a real risk, but it's one that you can easily mitigate by spreading your eggs across more baskets. And that's where the link to data privacy comes in. If we put all our personal information in one place, which is the internet, by using it everywhere we interact online, then we risk losing all that information in one incident like a data breach, identity theft, credit card fraud, and whatnot. So in our digital lives, don't put all your eggs in one basket is really talking about compartmentalization categorizing and separating our private data into many different compartments to reduce the impact when it is compromised. Compartmentalization recognizes no system is perfect, 
Breaches are always possible. So it's wise to manage the risk where you can. You might lose an egg or two, but you won't lose them all. And that's where my pseudo comes in and it makes this compartmentalization so simple. So continuing in, on that blog article that you were covering in a quotes, the my pseudo app is based on the concept of a pseudo or a digital identity that allows users to talk, text, email, browse, and shop privately and safely. A pseudo is a customizable digital identity that intentionally differentiates from a user's legal identity and mitigates that risk to that user's highly sensitive, personally identifiable information or PII. We all have many online accounts. And when we repeatedly use the same personal information to access these accounts, they become linked together. That's what's going on behind the scenes. And if a breach occurs on just one of those accounts, then all our other accounts and their associated data are also at risk of being compromised. So let's talk a little bit about emails. I see on Reddit a lot of times comments about people saying, well, why do I need one of these apps? I can just go create multiple Google email addresses. Well, I mean, Google's whole model is to track you and to build these complex profiles on you anyway. So that's one, one reason alone that it's not a good idea. So my pseudo, you know, everything is managed in one app, right? That's, that's one of the keys. And of course, the compartmentalization concept gives you that control over how that information is being collected in the background. I, I came across an interesting article a couple of days ago that's talking about the change in how information is being collected on the advertiser side and how ad tech companies are getting more sophisticated because there's two things that have happened. One is the consumer sentiment has been pushing back for a long time on browser cookies. And so you're seeing companies like Google and so forth saying, okay, we're, we're going to stop that. We're going to be more private. We're, we're, gonna, we're not going to track you across sites. So there's no third-party tracking. They're going to eliminate that. The other thing that we're seeing too that's becoming pretty pervasive now is the cross-app tracking, tracking within the apps. Apple's pretty much put an end to that now with their ATT policy. So you have to opt in if you want that tracking. So that's taking away a tool in the bag of the advertiser and so what has been developed now is this concept called uh, UID 2.0 or uh, sometimes referred to as Unified ID 2.0. And it's all based on email addresses. So this, this technology was developed by Trade, uh, Trade Desk, which is an ad tech company based in Ventura, California. So with the concept of browser cookies and invisible app trackers being phased out, what UID 2.0 does is it converts your email address into a token composed of a string of digits and characters. So that you never underestimate the sophistication and savviness of, of the ad tech people. Every time you use that same email address to log in on sites that use UID 2.0 technology, advertisers can link your accounts together based on that token. And thus, once again, advertisers have the, the upper hand and they can build that elaborate profile on you just as they used to with browser cookies and app tracking. Now, the quote from the article was, websites and apps are increasingly using for email authentication in part because they need to have a better way for publishers to monetize that content that's more privacy-centric than cookies. Now, this comes from the chief marketing officer of Trade Desk, the guy that actually is with the company that invented this technology. And of course, he's going to say that. Now, on the flip side, you've got Mozilla, which is the maker of Firefox, the web browser that says the email authentication now is going to be more privacy, that, that it's going to be more privacy centric is, is just incorrect because as Mozilla says, quote, it's really a regression in privacy because it enables the ad tech companies 
the type of tracking behavior that essentially modern web browsers were designed to prevent. So there's, again, there's obviously different motivations. There's monetary interests going on behind the scenes. And I thought it was funny, this article itself, which I found on, on Seattle Times website, I took a screenshot for that I'm reading right now. It literally gives you a notification on the right-hand side of the site that says, we've noticed you're blocking ads. Great journalism depends on ad revenue. To keep reading, please turn off your ad blocker. <laughs> My goodness. So... Ah, that's funny. Uh, I guess they're playing both sides. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so I guess to sum up the UID 2.0 topic, basically, again, be careful who you're sharing your email address with, because now that has become the new target for advertisers. So Sarah, uh, how about a little bit of an overview on my pseudo plans? Yeah, I'm excited to jump in here from the support perspective with Bundy on what users are asking about and even what features will be coming. But before that, I just wanted to give a quick overview of the available plans in MySudo. But if anyone's looking for more detailed information on this, it can be found right on MySudo.com under the plans tab. And the FAQs that we have, there are tons of great articles that speak to all aspects of these subscriptions and everything within the app. So Jumping into the different uh, plan options, first, there is pseudo free. Um, this comes with three pseudo profiles and three email addresses. The free plan doesn't come with a pseudo phone number, but it does come with built-in pseudo handles feature for those pseudo to pseudo communications. So jumping into the first paid plan is pseudo go. This will come with three pseudo profiles, three email addresses, and one phone number. The middle option is Pseudo Pro. It comes with three pseudo profiles, three emails, and three phone numbers. So the difference here is the number of pseudo phone numbers that you can have active at a time, as well as how many text messages and calling minutes you'll get when you're communicating with non-MySudo users. And our top subscription plan is Pseudo Max. You'll get access up to nine pseudo profiles that will come with nine emails, nine phone numbers. And this plan also comes with unlimited messaging calling, which the other plans don't offer. This is the plan that I have since I have a pseudo for so many different things. And the annual plan is actually cheaper than one month of what my regular carrier was, which is crazy. So those are the plans. You can find out all about them on our website, the knowledge base, even directly in the app once you download it. And then there are two types of communications that we usually speak to, and you'll see it in the app. It's pseudo to non-pseudo and pseudo to pseudo. pseudo pretty self-explanatory, but it's important to know that when you do communicate with non-MySudo users, there are typically limited messaging and calling allotments, and communications aren't um, fully end-to-end -end encrypted. But when you do communicate with other MySudo users, it really opens up this whole other side of the app. You'll get full end-to-end -end encrypted email, texting, voice and video calling, so all of your conversations are private and secure. And when you connect with other MySudo users, you'll also open up the group communication features, which are group messaging, group voice calls, and group video calls. And what I love about pseudo to pseudo messaging is the advanced messaging features I can access, like editing a message I've already sent, deleting a message I've already sent, and even sending expiring messages. But best of all, pseudo to pseudo communications are they're unlimited on any of those plans. And I can use MySudo for free since I can text and call with pseudo handle instead of a phone number. Yeah, and to make it sort of easier to connect to your family and friends to do those uh, pseudo pseudo communications, we've int we've recently introduced a, a feature called private contact matching that you can opt into and then easily connect to to the people that you know on my pseudo, and so then you can really take advantage of the end to end in 
encrypted messaging, group messaging, group video, group calling, email to email, encrypted communications. So it's a it's a really really cool feature. Um, of course, you can also invite your friends uh, to my pseudo using the uh, invite a friend capabilities as well. Yeah, and for those who have an established phone number with another carrier but want to take advantage of the privacy and safety features of MySudo, we have a lot of users that port their existing number into MySudo. So these users have a phone number that they've had for a long time. They don't want to lose it for any number of reasons because it's established. They use it for important logins or people already have their number, right? So they don't want to lose the phone number, but they want to gain the features and security with MySudo. And most times, like I found out, MySudo can be more cost effective than what standard carriers are offering at times. So Users can just contact us and support. It's support at mysudo.com or preferably directly in the app. And we can help them through the process of porting from a standard carrier like Verizon or T-Mobile, even a different VoIP service or Google Voice. We, we do require a paid subscription in place to complete the process, but the process itself usually takes less than a week to complete. So super easy. And continuing on with other features, of course, MySudo includes a private browser, so it blocks ads. It blocks the tracking cookies. Uh, virtual cards is something many people don't know is available. Uh, virtual card just gives you that extra layer, that buffer between your actual credit card information and having that, that transaction take place uh, with that merchant. So many people don't know that banks, financial institutions will sell your transactional data. It's supposed to be anonymized, but we have seen cases where somebody has been able to, with some the proper tools and the knowledge, actually de-anonymize that data and find out who you are. So just something else to think about on that end. And of course, you can also pair the app with a web browser on your laptop. And now I think it's time to start talking about the frequently asked questions or concerns, Bundy. Yeah, um, probably one of the biggest questions that come into support is, or, or not the biggest, but but one of the, one of the questions that frequently comes up is, Oh, I lost my phone and I've installed my new phone. How do I get my pseudo app account back? And because my pseudo, as I mentioned earlier in the episode, you know, we don't collect any personal information from you. We don't know anything about you. There is no username password that you use to log in to my pseudo. It's all done by security keys. So it's very, very, very important that after you've created your MySudo account on your phone for the first time, that you actually back up the account. And there's a number of different ways that you can do this. The, the easiest way to, to back up your account and, and primarily your security keys is by transferring it via QR code to a secondary device. And many people run in a multi-device mode. So they, they'll have MySudo running on their, say, their iPhone, and they'll have my pseudo running on their iPad, for instance. And, you know, similarly in the Android world, you know, on the Android device and then on a tablet. So that's the easiest way to back up your my pseudo account so that if anything ever happened to your phone, you lost your phone, your phone doesn't work anymore, you get a new phone and uh, want to get going on your phone, well, you've got your iPad as the backup that you can then QR code transfer from your iPad to your new phone. Um, for instance. So that is the simplest and easiest way to recover a MySudo account. If you don't have a secondary device, well, what you can do in that case is create yourself a recovery backup uh, password, which is, you know, down in our in the settings uh, menu of the app, and then do a backup 
of your device. And we've got a, a ton of information on, in our knowledge base um, on the website, on the steps on, on how to create your backup password and how to do a backup on both your iOS device and your Android device. It's pretty simple, but it's something that, you know, many folks forget to do. We do have a reminder in the app, a little red dot you might see on the, the menu to try and get you to uh, go and, and, and create yourself a, a backup password and uh, backup your device. So, and once you have that password, you know, make sure that you keep it in a safe place, like in a, in a password manager or something like that. So I can't highly, more highly uh, recommend users back up their MySudo account because we don't want you losing access to that account in the event that you lose your phone or the phone gets damaged or whatever the case may be. Yeah, that recovery password is so important. And I know for me, I used the iOS device to device migration is what they call it. I, the last time I got a new phone, I just had my old phone and my new phone sitting right by each other. And it said, do you want to migrate? And it beautifully did everything for me because I am not always tech savvy. So everything transferred so well. But, you know, just in case something had gone wrong, having that recovery password is always really important. And then I'm going to speak to spam calls. So to me, one of the big benefits of using my pseudo phone numbers is the ability to control spam calls. We've talked about how quickly you can start receiving spam calls when you're signing up for things online. So we get questions about spam calls all the time. Some people say, hey, like, this is pseudo, why am I getting spam calls? Well, so just like any other regular number, wherever you choose to use the pseudo phone numbers, it is susceptible to the typical selling of data by web services to advertisers who then spam, call, and email you to entice you to buy their products. But because the my pseudo phone number isn't linked to your personal information and you're compartmentalizing that phone number, the impact from services selling your number isn't as damaging and you have options in the app to help control and mitigate those spam calls. So if you're going to use a pseudo for one-off services, knowing they're going to hit you hard with spam later on, designate one of those profiles as your spam pseudo, which you can mute as needed. You can mute the email or mute the calls or messages, and you still receive the communications to check later, but it's not going to harass you because it's muted. So keeping pseudo separate for different facets of your life, it allows you to control that communication within the specific pseudos. There are also features you can utilize like silence unknown callers. This is currently only available for iOS users, but there's also call blocking in the app as an option for both. And finally, if you're just really being bombarded and other options aren't doing it for you, as a last resort, you can reset your phone number. Most of our users use their numbers long term, but resetting your phone number can be done at any time in the app. The subscriptions come with free phone number resets, and if you've used all of those, you can easily purchase another one just for a small one-time cost in the app as well. Yeah, I definitely have a spam pseudo that I use all the time for those one-off sign-ups, you know, want to get access to an article, want to get access to some product and the spam pseudo works just so well for me. And I just, and I, I don't ever feel uncomfortable about doing it because I know it's my spam pseudo. So I'm happy to hand over the phone number, happy to hand over the email, go for your life, do whatever you want. That's in my muted spam um, pseudo. I've got access to the article that I wanted to get access to or the product or service. And uh, it just works really well for me anyway. So, And Bundy, what about upcoming features? Ooh, upcoming features. We get asked about this uh, a lot. Um, the, one of the big features that's, that's upcoming that I'm actually really excited about is we're revamping our whole messaging system, you know, both the UI and also the messaging subsystem. So this is going to bring a much more improved UI experience. 
but also improved performance around messaging as well, which is which is going to be fantastic. So in addition to sort of the more intuitive UI experience, we're also going to have, you know, better handling of media. You'll be able to, you know, select multiple images at once when you want to want to send messages, uh, photos and, and media out. And I know this has been a bugbear for, for many users, the fact that, that we could only select one image at a time. So that's all being improved. The ability to tap and retry a message when a text message, when you're sending a text message, you know, doing a pseudo out and, you know, maybe your network connection's not strong enough and the message fails to send, the ability to tap retry and resend that message is is coming in in these improvements as well. And there's just a bunch of other, you know, conversational thread improvements and little um, enhancements all, all around. So you can have a, a totally new messaging experience and, and basically, you know, bringing up the messaging to look like a, you know, more modern messaging app, if you like. So really looking forward to that. And that's sort of coming in the, hopefully towards the end of uh, this quarter. So that'll be really exciting. We also, uh, um, we've already started on this journey um, in that we're improving our onboarding experience. And uh, we've already done the first stages of this on the Android platform. iOS will, will follow very soon, but we're going through an iterative process of improving that onboarding experience. Um, so for new, it doesn't affect existing users, but for new users, when they're onboarding into MySudo, it gives them a little bit more education and direction because there's so many different functions and aspects to MySudo. You know, you can sometimes get, you know, you can't see the trees for the forest, so to speak. So this guided onboarding is just going to give people that upfront sort of education and awareness so that once they do land in MySudo, they know what they've, what capabilities there are and, and what they can do. And the other thing that I should mention, and I know that uh, in an upcoming podcast, probably going to dig into it more, but we are going to be introducing a, a new product to our users, which is uh, a MySudo VPN, but uh, we'll talk about that at a, at a later date. That one will be great. Yeah. Um, some of the other things that are coming, you know, there's, they're, they're sort of probably further down the track is, you know, things like, you know, we do often get requests for more flexible plans or different plans, the ability to buy minutes and messages if you do happen to run out on the lower tiers. So there's some of the things that we're looking at in, in those areas. After our messaging improvements, we'll then be looking at improving our email subsystem and, you know, adding some more mainstream functionality to, to, our, um, to our email system, such as, you know, customizable folders and signatures and, and different things like that. So that's something to, that uh, is also coming down the track. Virtual cards for Android. You know, we have virtual cards on iOS. We get many requests for having that feature over on Android, which is totally understandable. And so that's also um, on our drawing board as well. And we hope to get that capability out to users in the in the future also. We've done recently, we actually introduced, you know, we, we do get uh, questions, you know, from users, oh, I, you know, had a phone call and the quality wasn't so great. And, you know, first thing is, well, were you on a strong network? You know, did you, you know, because the quality of phone call is, is affected by the quality of your network. So in a previous release, we've introduced a network a strength signal. And since we've done that, we don't seem to get any users coming in and 
saying that their uh, call quality is is compromised because the indicator says, well, you're not on a good network. You know, get yourself to a stronger network, and then your your quality of service will be will be higher. Wow, lots lots of exciting things going on. Yeah, I'm excited for those features coming. Yeah, and, and I guess overall, uh, what we're trying to do here is just give people a, a crash course on the app, and I think I think we did it. Lots of exciting things going on, and and most importantly just helping people better understand the core concepts behind MySudo and compartmentalization, why it works, why it's so effective at protecting personal data. So as we start to wrap up, any closing thoughts, Sarah, Bundy? No, I always say, you know, MySudo is just another tool in your privacy tool belt. So I like that we got to dive into it a bit deeper. Yeah, no, um, I think it's, it's been fun talking about MySudo and uh, it's been a fun journey. Yeah, and Bundy, thanks for joining us. It's it's cool to have you calling in all the way from Australia, and I, I hope the weather's good. Living in the future nice and, and with better weather. <laughs> very warm down here at the moment. Good surfing, I hope. Very good surfing. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that's going to do it for this episode. In our next episode, Sarah and I will be celebrating Valentine's Day by covering the world of online dating. Yes. We'll be joined by a special in-studio guest who will be providing his firsthand experience with navigating dating apps. I also have my own personal stories. This one is guaranteed to be entertaining. Until next time, don't forget, privacy is a human right. <laughs>